Good morning. Welcome. Fourth and final hour of our get-together. We call it the 9 o'clock stretch. Oh, yeah. It is 9.06. Your time check brought to you by Hayes Jewelers, where the answer is always yes. Special guest state senator uh, Blaze Ingolia joins us right now. And uh, good morning, Senator. How are you? Good morning. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Uh, I understand you're working on a bill uh, with with your cohorts in in Tallahassee that has to do with the IRS and IRS expansion, but this is at the state level. So I need you to explain that to me. Sure. If you remember years ago, under the Obama years, the IRS um, targeted a lot of Republican leaning, conservative leaning groups, most notably the Tea Party groups, right. um, and they use the IRS, the power of the IRS, to audit and, you know, and to subpoena them. So now that the federal government is on the verge of hiring 87,000 new IRS agents, we're afraid of that. And so we put up a bill, Toby, Toby Overdorf and I put up a bill, he's in the House, I'm in the Senate, that basically will uh, do two things. Number one, it will mandate that state financial institutions, state chartered banks, contact and keep a log and report to the state every time the IRS inquires about somebody's accounts, um, whether they subpoena them or want records and copies. And this way, we can look through the data and we can see if they're just targeting um, the small businesses who just happen to be of a certain ideological uh, bent, right? Um, so the second part of that is if the IRS is found to be targeting our small businesses and small businesses defined as 50 or fewer employees with less than $4 million in gross revenue, then we are going to set up a fund and help pay for them to fight the IRS and even sue them if necessary. Wow, that is brilliant. Something that comes to mind, say, might be the mom and pop, say, a gun shop. They, you know, uh, if you weaponize the IRS like we've seen before, and you you cited the great example, I think we're familiar with the Tea Party thing, then, yeah, they could target any business that, that, well, has an ideology or agenda that's not on the same agenda that they're on. So would gun shops, that'd probably be one of the big ones, right? Yeah. So you you look at gun shops, um, you can look at nonprofits that, um, you know, pregnancy centers, would be another good one. Um, you and just look famously, we've seen that where the government had targeted the bakers for not wanting to bake cakes for gay couples. So that would be sort of like another target. Look, when you embolden a federal government which has as much power as the IRS, and then you give them eighty-seven thousand more agents, the only place they can go to try to uh, generate more revenue is going to be the middle class and the small businesses. And we, at the state level, are going to do everything that we possibly can to push back on this. We're going to hope that our Republican Congress will be able to defund it. But just in case, just everyone should know that Florida has your back. I, I, I just I, I think that's a, a brilliant move. Um, and then there's the I, I know the governor's been pushing and promoting this and you're part of this legislation as well is you know, death penalty always had to be exerted via a unanimous decision from a jury. Um, now you're working to change that. Uh, go ahead and explain that one. So just a little background from everyone. It used to be um, unanimous. And then the court, the Supreme Court in 2016 said, um, uh, we changed it to 10-2. The Supreme Court says, no, it has to be unanimous. That was the old court, the liberal court. The new conservative court 
says, no, it doesn't have to be unanimous. It can be left up to the legislature to determine what is the threshold. So you couple that with the fact that, and I'm just going to say it on there, you have an evil scumbag like Nicholas Cruz escaping the death penalty because you have some protest jurors that don't believe in the death penalty. Then we file a bill, and I filed a bill uh, yesterday that says that, nope, we're going to change this. We're not going to go unanimous anymore. We're going to go with supermajority. So instead of 12 out of 12 jurors during the penalty phase, it will be 8 out of 12 jurors. So this way, under our bill, um, Nicholas Cruz wouldn't be able to take another breath. And, And do you think this will be successful? You'll be able to push this through? I do. I do. There's a lot um, of the Nicholas Cruz not being sentenced to death, I think, shook a lot of people and made them realize that we need to change in this space. Because if anybody, anybody deserves to be put to death for the heinous crimes and acts, it would be Nicholas Cruz. I think that um, because the governor is behind this uh, initiative also, it'll get across the finish line. And then there's one that I want to discuss with you as well, uh, the legislature, and I think more of this was coming from the House side, but, you know, they were working on a bill for constitutional carry that I know at one point it would be uh, open carry or concealed with a permit, and you would have a choice, and you could do the permitting process or constitutionally, because the Constitution says you could bear arms, that you could uh, carry a gun that way. Of course, not if you're a convicted felon, etc., not in certain areas. We get that. But when the bill actually came out, it's really watered down. Um, The open carry is completely left out of it. Is there any possibility of a a remedy before this is put through or voted on? Can the Senate change uh, change the bill or or push for it to be changed in any way? Yeah, there's still plenty of time for any bill, not just this bill, to be changed uh, because we remember we still have about a month worth of committee weeks and that we have two months worth, 60 days worth of legislative session. Um, uh, I will tell you that I've had conversations about adding open carry to it um, for a couple of reasons. Number one is that I do think it is our right uh, per the Second Amendment to bear arms. And a lot of other states have open carry, and there's really no problem with it. Open carry is very misunderstood. A lot of the reasons why people want it is for inadvertent flashing, um, to make sure that they're not going to be prosecuted for flashing a concealed weapon, um, and then taking your firearm and walking to and from uh, you know places, especially when you're hunting. So I, I totally get all that. Now, personally, I wouldn't open carry, right? Because if I'm in a restaurant, well, not in a restaurant, if I'm in a public setting and I have a, a concealed weapon that you can actually see, if there's a bad guy around, I'm going to be the first person taken out. Um, but um, the other part of that permitless carry is long overdue. This is something that the state should have done years ago, but we're finally getting around to it. To answer your question, yes. Um, we're still going to have those conversations can we get open carry across the finish line at this point? I just don't have the answer to that. Yeah, I just like the idea of having the flexibility to carry openly if I choose to, or concealed if I choose in, in you know the venue or whatever the appropriateness. I can make that decision myself. And as to your now, comment- remember just just so every just so everyone knows. I mean, uh, everyone understands. So open carry doesn't mean that you can open carry in any place. It's public places. Correct. That's going to so, be yeah. right. So I businesses mean, can still say no firearms, no no open carry 
on on the premises. So that would still be allowed. Yeah. And another thing I just I, I want to get through to this. When it comes to permitless carry, you're having a bunch of liberals running around, Democrats running around saying that there's not going to be any background checks. It's the same process as a concealed carry. When you go in to purchase your firearm, um, they're going to do background checks. The only difference is you're going to have to wait um, uh, three days until the background check is completed. If you have a concealed per- carry permit with permitless carry, you can go in and you can buy um, um, and leave with the weapon that day. So that's a big difference. Yeah, well, and the other thing is, is you want to have uh, a reciprocation amongst uh, many of the states, which we do now. Yes. Uh, and, and if you do away with the permit thing entirely, then it leaves that in jeopardy, which, of course, in a perfect world, all the states would agree that, uh, you know, the Second Amendment is the Second Amendment. We wouldn't have to jump through any hoops. But in the meantime, we do. And I would very much like to have my gun on my person when I'm traveling. I think that's where you're very vulnerable or could be vulnerable. Yeah, I agree. Um, I agree. Look, I've been a um, a big proponent of the Second Amendment. I was one of the few Republicans who actually voted against the gun control bill, the Parkland bill, years ago. So um, I'm a staunch opponent of the Second Amendment. I'll keep on advocating for that as long as I'm in the legislature. Uh, we appreciate it. State Senator Blazing Golia on the Bob Rose Show. Uh, keep up the good work, and we hope to talk to you again soon. Talk to you soon. Have a great day. Everyone. All right. State Senator Blaze Golia on the Bob Rose Show. Greg Cassidy's here. It is 916. More headlines and about 30 minutes away from things that make you smile. You're listening to 97.3 The Sky.